Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of this podcast. I'm your host, as always, Chris. And on today's episode, I have a guest with me. He's a young entrepreneur in Nigeria, and he's here to share his entrepreneurial journey as a Nigerian, basically. So, Ayo, can you introduce yourself? All right. Thank you, Chris. Good day, guys. My name is Shubo Ali. I'm an entrepreneur. I manage a brand called Uga Now. I also manage Uga Foods. Yes. So, um, before we even talk about Bugana and Buga Foods, I'm actually very curious. I want to know, and I'm sure my audience too want to know, like, what, what was Ayo like before he decided to start Bugana? Like, what was your childhood like? Were you always business-oriented or did you always find business fascinating? Did you ever think of even entering business? Like, what was that period like for you before you started Bugana? And did you have any other businesses that you did before you started Bugana? Well, now thinking about it, apparently when I was in uh, GS1, when I entered secondary school for the first time, and I saw a lot of people and everybody were buying different things during break. Well, I just said, okay, there was this um, thing raining at the time called Eve. So, and it was one for 10 era. So I would buy it, then make like 10 different ice creams from 10 era, then I'll sell it for 2020 era. So basically, I've been entrepreneurially inclined since when I was young. And when I was in SS2, SS3, likewise, I was always selling software. So I've just been entrepreneurially inclined. Yeah. All right, that was nice. So what now made you eventually, because I know you studied computer engineering school, like why didn't you go into study maybe a business course or something? What made you study computer engineering? Oh, well, that's a good question because apparently when I wanted to enter SS1, I wanted to go into accounting to the commercial side. But then my yeah. dad called me and it was like, I am in Yoruba. It was like, uh, doctor and in English, it was like, we want a doctor in our house. I'm like, wow, but it was like, I'm the only boy, this and that. Okay, so I went to science class and everything and, you know, why it didn't turn out well. So I just told my dad, like, why can I just um, write computer engineering exam in communist university? I was like, sure, no problem. And it came out and he gave me the course. So that's it. Actually, that's what I can fully relate to you because including me myself, that was exactly the same thing. <laughs> I wanted to actually be in commercial class. My parents pushed for it and were like, uh, you have to in science class. That science has more options. My mother, my mother was both of them. My dad is a businessman. My mother is in the commercial side too. Wow. But she kept saying that ah, there is no, there is no money there. I'm like, but how are you portraying me? There's no money. Like I've seen both of you, but my parents refused. Uh, they made me go into science class. I struggled through secondary school. You find out that see you. I'm funny enough. I just see you. I did not even, I didn't even choose to you as my first choice for jam. My parents yeah. told me I was going to go abroad. To go and do medicine. So, like, that was what was my head. I'm going abroad. Until they told me that, oh, I'm going to Governor University. And I was like, I did not even choose Governor University in my jam. Like, how am I meant to do it? So, that's a changing the first choice thing. And and I, and I was not like, okay, in Governor University now, there's no medicine. What am I meant to do? And I said, eh, you look for a course. And I felt like, okay, computer engineering is like, it's going to be like computer in secondary school or maybe a high school. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knew that we would jam, yeah, three to seven now. Three, three, one, four. Yeah, we but, <laughs> from to computer. <laughs> as in, like, but 
apparently okay so you entered cu you're studying computer engineering so when did that idea to start bugana come up or did you do any businesses in cu before you started bugana apparently i wasn't into any business in convenance but 2017 i can remember i think that was my 200 level that was my 200 level i had this friend and i was always disturbing him all i'm day i have this idea i have this idea i have this thing i want to do but it was not interested 2018 likewise i i was the idea was still on my head i spoke to another of my friend about it and i spoke to another of my friend about it but nobody was ready to help me actualize my my dream so yeah. summer of 2018 that was around june at home and i just said okay this thing i'm going to do it then i called two of my classmates gd and show and they were excited about it they were interested and july 1st started working on it so can you take us through the process of you know you working on that particular brand because okay. i know that yeah, can you first of all explain what exactly Bugana is all about to some people? Because some people may not really understand exactly the business that you do. As a people that are listening to me might not have gone to Covenant University, so they might not really understand the concept behind the idea that you had or the business that you did. So can you really explain what Bugana is all about? I mean, first thing I'll say is when you have an idea in your head or you have a vision and if you can't shake it off, if the vision or the dream still keeps on coming to you, just take action. Just do something about it. It's really important because that's one of the things that made me actualize starting Buga. So, um, 2018, then I did start Buga now. 2018, April, I first started thinking of a name for the brand and it took me about seven days because the, the reality is most big businesses, they have a unique brand name. If you look at Apple, Amazon, the names are quite unique. So I wanted something unique like that. So and certain thing Buga because Buga now, Buga food, Buga whatever is in line with my vision or yeah. like see my purpose because I think my purpose is to I know my purpose is to um create a conglomerate brand, basically a brand in line of different services. Let me just make it in like Buga now, Buga Foods, Buga Health, Buga Transport, Buga, you get Buga Logistics, whatever, Buga anything that is in line with services. A has this, B wants this, give A what B has, give B what A wants, like that. Just yeah. com- connecting people. So basically, Buga now is an e commerce um, platform whereby uh, we bridge the gap between small and medium scale business owners and we render them their products available to their respective customer timeline. In other words, what we're saying, like, um, because there are different small and medium-scale business owners in Nigeria and in Africa as a whole. Everybody's selling different things on social media and all of that. And the truth is, every, um, every business needs to have a unique selling point, like a value system that is making you different from what Shadi is doing, what Anton is doing. So I said, okay, what is the unique selling point I can give Buga now? That's negotiation. Like making like a real-time marketplace. So basically, you don't need to go to the market to start negotiating. So that's the value system we um, incurred in Buga now. So um, 
you want to get a product at a price you are willing to pay for negotiate with the seller offer your price if the seller wants to um, sell for that price he sells he wants to counter offer he counter offers so that was the unique selling point of Bugana. All right, that's that's nice. So now let me come to because whenever someone wants to start any kind of business or idea or project, whatever they want to start, one major challenge that they might have is funding or the funds to carry out that particular project. So for you, what was the funding like? Like how were you able to get funds before we even go there? Like when you, when you thought of this idea, your parents know about it. I mean, they knew about it. Like how did they take it? Very supportive about it. Okay, so as of that twenty eighteen, when I was fully ready to start um, Buga now, I met my dad. Before I, yes, I met my dad at first, and I told him about it. Said I wasn't serious. So when he said I wasn't serious and everything, I I read between the lines and I realized he wanted me to pitch to him like a businessman because my dad is a businessman, he's a marketer. So like two or three days after. I sat him down in the sitting room again and I pitched to him. He was just smiling. Then he was like, how much do I need to start it? So when my dad foresaw the long run expenses, he just told me, he's going to give me 100k. <laughs> and whatever I want to do, I do. And 100k for an e-commerce platform is, as I put it, I needed to do a lot of thinking on what I want to do. Basically, it was just going to cover for the website expenses. Yeah. Also, my friend and I, we started building the website ourselves. We just paid for them, the hosting and everything. Basically, I had to bootstrap Ghana. And the experience of starting a business had made me understand and make me, I made a lot of mistakes. And the experience is just really exciting, actually. Uh, so you had to literally build the website yourself? Yes, I did not even know how to build the website at the time. I remember then, today was like, wow, oh, we need to get someone to build it. I'm like, uh, we can just build it ourselves and everything. And both of us started learning how to build from the scratch. It was, we spent about three months working on the website then, but now I have website skill. I mean, so it was a nice experience. Well, that's that's very nice. That's very nice. Then what I wanted to now ask was, okay, you've gotten funds, you started building the website. Probably the website was finally done. So how were you able to get your first customer? Um, so we we launched um launched September we launched September sixth, yes. We launched September sixth in Covenant University. As I then every because we we made Bugan now look like a CU student's dream, like like a suit, like you know when a brand is your own brand, it's like from home. So every student were excited about the brand, like so something like they teach themselves. And once we launched, I can remember then we launched inside the cafeteria and school and everything. So people that night, the night we launched, we had over thirty six vendors the next day, new vendors the wow. next day registering registering on the website and everything like that. Like the night we launched, we could never even sleep over. Oh, having so much engagement and everything like that so the next i think the first thing someone bought the first one bought was a power bank yes it was the power bank yes so from then it was actually a nice road yeah that was nice so let me talk about um I, I know i remember the period when you um released started Buganda, and i know that you had uh, 
um, people working with you, not just you. So what I need to know now is um, what were the things you were looking out for when you're trying to choose the people that you'd want to work with? Because, you know, you said earlier that there's, that some of your friends that you went to meet asked or to tell about your particular idea and they're not really keen into it, probably because they're not seeing the same vision that you're seeing, which is completely understandable. But I wanted to understand, like, how were you able to get the right team with you? And what were you, what were you able to tell them? Because, you know, in a time like this, it's always very difficult to get people to work with you that would not want to, like, would will work with you for free, basically. They don't want to know what it's in for them. And sometimes they might not really want to hear, oh, I'll have equity. They want money now because some of them, everybody's trying to, you know, get money, yes, basically. So how are you able to get a good teammate that was ready to, you know, do this stuff with you, whether whether it's going to fail or not? Like, they're not really bothered about the money side, but they actually want to just make this thing real. Oh, the truth is, starting up a business as a young entrepreneur, and forming your own team like getting your team is really key and how you get your team is key now well what i was first looking for at the beginning stage then with little knowledge about business was skill and people i could see on my passion too yes but now i was just telling young entrepreneur trying to form its savings yes skill is really important but if you can sell if you can influence someone to believe in what you are doing someone with the required skill and that person carries your vision as much as you do keep that person okay so um when i started Buga now then and i started with a team of three shawande and chide till today i have not seen anybody that had the same passion or vision for Buga now as much as i did then but we had our um we had our misunderstandings basically because we're putting you into a real business i'll put it like that he had the desire for Buga now he, he saw it as we partners but i saw him as a team member at the time so well he didn't know it did not work out but he's someone i still value today as the best person i've worked with on Buga now yes so so uh, you talked about misunderstanding. Now let's go to misunderstanding. How were you able to handle misunderstanding among teammates, especially with teammates that you know we are not um, paying? Because assuming you are paying them, yes, they will be kind of working for you. So like, there are some things that they will just do because they know they're getting paid. So how were you able to manage misunderstanding and communication at that point in time? Okay, I mean, first and first is foundation is really really key extremely key when you are forming a team or when you are bringing someone into your business let that person understand his role his different roles in in the brand let him know is what he's getting in return for working with you is it equity if you're not sure you want to give don't as a startup um, entrepreneurs don't be too in a hurry to give out equity in your brand you can invest your equity equity vesting basically that's um you are looking out you see this person has potential, but at the same time, you don't know if that person is going to give the maximum potential you are seeing from in, in your brand. So, vest the equity in six months. That means after six months of working with you, vest the equity in three months. After three months of working with you, that means the person is liable to this amount of equity. So, if there's anything within that time frame that you vested and you guys are not um, sinking, 
then you can call up deal. So basically, that's it. So um, working with people that you are not paying, that's why it's important they, they buy your idea, they buy your influence. If they don't, it's going to be really difficult. And as entrepreneurs, don't be don't be shy to make decisions or don't be scared to make important decisions. We are going to be making we make important decisions almost every time. Um, your friend and one thing that is really important and one thing that I was doing at the starting of 20, at 2018, 2019 when I was really working with different people. I was working with a lot of my friends because they were my friends. It was easy for me to communicate with them. So I was bringing most of my friends into the business, which friends that had the skill, friends that did not have the skill, just because it was easier for me to communicate with them. And they could not execute. They wanted them to execute. But what was easy for me was that I already had the, I know how to cut it off immediately. So I was laying down a lot of friends, laying down a lot of friends, which is not something you should be finding difficult to do as an entrepreneur. If if you are expecting an an output from someone and the person is not giving that desired output, give the person another, give the person a, a benchmark, give the person another trial. Let the person understand that okay, this is what you're expecting from him. If the person is not still reaching that benchmark of the person. Alright, how were you able to because? Uh, you talked about your parents selling the business to your parents and your dad believed in it and eventually invested in it. Then now you sold it to the first set of two members you got and you've done that. Now, from what I understand, I know that the business requires you uh, trying to get some particular sellers to do business with you in order to reach their customers. And I know, uh, especially when you started Buga Foods, you were working with a lot of restaurants. I want to know what that experience was like. How were you able to? First of all, how were you able to? So how were you able to be so confident enough to meet these people and talk to them in order for them to do business with you? Okay. Um. I think I mentioned earlier that my dad is a marketer, right? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. one thing I. One skill I did not know I had was marketing. Like, I could sell anything. Actually, my mentor used to call me money-making machine. <laughs> I could sell anything. Um, basically, communication is really key in business. If you can't communicate with whoever you need to communicate to, be it a seller or a customer, find someone in your team that can communicate. You don't need to really be the one that can communicate. So, I can communicate. And, well, Bugafos, I... Sorry, I didn't introduce Bugafos. Bugafos is a subsidiary of Buga now. Basically, it's a food distribution company whereby uh, we provide dishes and sides of different restaurants to their respective customer timeline. You want KFC, Chicken Republic, just order and some yes, and we deliver. So, when I started Bugafos, Chicken Republic, when I wanted to affiliate with Chicken Republic, remember when I called... Um, I called their store and I spoke to them about my idea and everything. They were very, very, um, they were not really interested in it. So the next day I sent in my order, I sent in the amount of orders and when they saw the total, they were like, wow, who is this person? So I was, I was, um, how do I put it? I was complimenting to their annual sales, to their monthly sales, yes. I was complimenting like at least a quarter to their monthly sales in 
the in the branch. So their their managers came to see me in school. We spoke and they were like, wow, this is really nice and all of that. Then like two weeks after, their regional manager came to see me. Like I was not even expecting him to come. But when he came and it was impromptu, so I did, was not really sure what I was going to say. And when I sold the whole idea to him, he was excited about it. And we spoke about different other things. And that's when I knew that, okay, I think actually I have this marketing communication skill. So communication is really key in selling businesses. Yes. That's very nice. And you just, you just made a very, very solid point earlier. You talked about you knowing that you had the communication skill and you're able to use that as your strength. Yes. But you just said something that, assuming you didn't have that communication skill, that you'd have gotten somebody on your team to yes. to do that part. But let me, let's get to that part now. So let's say, um, uh, okay, let me ask you this way. Is it important for somebody to know or have the necessary skills? Like, for example, now in your business, there is the marketing side, there is the developer side, there is the person that, there's the logistics side, there is the sales side, the accounting. For you now, is, was it very necessary for you to have all those particular skills? Not being very skillful, but having those particular skills, or did you just try to get people that were filling those blanks for you? Um, Jackman said something. Jackman said, he, he doesn't, he was, when he was talking about his business, he said the people that were working for him were smarter than he was. He had um, proficient people in different um, categories of his brand, different um, structural areas in his brand. But you just need to have an, an, an overview of every um, section of your brand. You don't really need to know it all, but you need to know the people that are there. You get basically the truth about business is that business is a team game, it's not a single game. It is if you want to go find a business, you can do it alone. If you want to go, if you want to um, be successful in a business, you can do it alone. But if you want to build a business that is bigger than you, you have to build it with people. One thing I realized from reading the Bible as well was that when Jesus wanted to start his father's business, that's preaching the gospel, he didn't do it alone. He amassed the 12 disciples, right? Yes. So basically, it's the same thing about business. You want to go far. You want to, um, sorry, you want to build a, a business that is doing well, do it alone. But if you want to do, build a business that is bigger than you, you have to deal with people. Yes. That's a very, very nice point. But I think it's always, I think it's also very, very important to have um, a a very, very solid team behind you, because definitely, even if you can do everything, a time will come where the business will be so big, or it will get to a point where the amount of tasks you have to be doing will be too much for you to be doing everything at once. You doing the accounting, you managing the logistics, you will just get so overwhelmed and you start making mistakes. So. Yeah. I fully understand. I fully agree with what you said. Then now let's come down to customers. Now I know that they always say customer is king, which I can agree with. But I also know that there are there can be ridiculous customers or people that might not really want to understand because obviously you had different challenges which are going to come to. But I know especially in CU, you might be having some kind of customers that might not fully understand how things were going on. And maybe you have some challenges that affected sales on that particular day. I see yourself dealing with some ridiculous customers or people that are rude or disrespectful. 
how were you able to handle those kind of customers? And can you and can you give like a scenario or an example of when something like that had happened? Yes. Yeah, so, like you said, um, customers are always right. That's that's the rule of business. That's one of the rules of business. Every customer is right. But there are some customers that are very very difficult to deal with. Okay. So, um, for Bugafus, let me for example. Okay, so there was a day a customer ordered cold stone. Cold stone is an ice cream, like ice cream melts in a speculated period of time if you don't get it right. So we delivered, we brought, okay, when she was first, when she texted the brand, I remember I was seeing the messages when the customer relations officer was replying. I was seeing the message. No, I was really curious about how the conversation was going. So she, she was like, demanding a lot of preferential treatment and we have a time frame we deliver in the school so when the other came she wasn't online we texted 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 she wasn't online so we gave her a deliver to her room later during the night around nine since five she, since five that the other came applied by nine that there wasn't Wi-Fi, she wasn't online. Okay, no problem. So your order is with this representative. Then she started, how would you give my order representative? Like we have representatives to make things easier, right? So how would you yeah. give my order to representative? This, that, that, this. Now when she got the um, ice cream, the ice cream already melted. And she wasn't at the pickup location by five to pick up our order, right? So um, we had to take the blame because she did not see get the order at the time she was supposed to get it even though she was one meant to come and pick it up that's fine so we delivered the next day when we delivered the next day she did not still come to pick up our order because there's a pickup location where every student comes to pick up the order she didn't still come to pick up our order so we took it to our all of residence and um, texted waited for an hour before she came outside eventually she came outside to pick up our order and that was it yes so that's one scenario there are multiple different scenarios but the truth is about businesses if you can't if you are if you are operating in a service business and you can't work with people or you're easy i don't think such person will go far basically so you just need to be able to absorb patient or pain basically you don't you might you do because that, like I said, if, if, if you can't do it alone, then it's not really skinny like that. So you can have people that can uh, deal with that information. Now, the errands and all of that, you don't need to be the one doing it. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Because I know definitely in any kind of service based business or even product based business, there will always be customers that uh, will be ridiculous, basically. They will never. Want to admit that oh they themselves were wrong but instead they always feel that the, the the business owner or the business representatives are always the ones that got it wrong and i know that there have been times where i will hear a business owner is fighting with a customer because maybe the customer got to got to his or her neck and basically can no longer take it anymore and things like that so yeah. definitely like fully fully understand so now Majority of this business that you were that you were doing was in school, and obviously you were still a student. It's not like you were always free to do this business. 
So how were you able to balance schoolwork and, you know, how are you able to balance schoolwork and, you know, business? Okay, so if I should be honest, my academics actually suffered for my entrepreneurial desires. They had to suffer for my entrepreneurial desires at the time because I was finding it difficult to balance my academics with my workflow. And I was in a and I was in an outstanding department in Commerce University, EIE. EIE is, is a department whereby it's a five year course, but if you graduate in six years, you're like you're smart. So <laughs> we also it took it took a little toll, but it was it was fun. Yeah. I understand. I understand. So I uh, you, you I know you've called Jack Ma, you you talk about mentor. Before we go there, I have to ask, because I know that you didn't say anything about, you know, taking any kind of business course. You didn't do commercial class. You're not a commercial class secondary school. I don't think we taught any business course in our engineering. So how were you able to get this knowledge that you have so far about business? Okay, so I I, I read a lot of business books. I read a lot of books. Um, and I love John Maxwell. Yes, I love John Maxwell leadership. Basically, he's a he's a leadership coach, a really nice leadership coach. And there's this book I read of his, Thinking for a Change, and that book really changed my life. It changed the way I think, because it made me understand that the power of quality thinking, like when you have quality thinking and you actually you actualize what you thought about goes a long way because okay so there was this woman in the book she's an executive she's a, a senior executive in the firm basically they were they were taking one guy around the company and saw her in, in her office she doesn't have a table she just has a seat and a nice view and he asked like what does she do and he said her job is to think <laughs> the last idea she brought Give 20 me 20 million dollars worth of revenue so yeah um another book i reached that order i'm very sure everybody most entrepreneurs should have read reached that order yes by robert kiyosaki so reading books is really helped me to fashion my entrepreneurial career so did you have any um mentors or do you have do you have any entrepreneurs that you look up to whether it's in nigeria or outside globally mm. well i admire there's a south african entrepreneur i admire from um, Kwayo. yes that's his name Busitemba Kwayo. yeah so he's an entrepreneur i admire but any entrepreneur i want to be like i don't think i have Okay, anybody that you've seen that has that kind of... I Like I said, I love John Maxwell. I want to be a leader like John Maxwell. All right. Inspires my leadership designers, yes. Yeah, so basically, there's this book of this I'm currently reading, um, Changing, Change Your World, yes. And it made me realize that you don't need to... As youth, there's this syndrome we have of okay, we want to be this great, we want to um, influence this total number of people. 
But the truth is, you can start from your immediate community. You can start from where you are now. There's a life around your environment you can change. There's this story of a boy on a beach. So the waves of the of the ocean was bringing starfishes to the shore, and every starfish that came, it was always throwing it back. So a man saw him and was like, "Boy, you know that starfishes would keep on coming to the beach, right? They keep on coming to the shore of the beach." And the boy looked at the starfish he was holding. God, the man was like, "It would not change anything. What you are doing?" But the boy said, "It would make a difference for the life of this starfish he was holding." So basically, the point about the story is that you can start by influencing the lives of people around you. And that really changed my mindset about changing my world. Like, if I can make little changes from now, eventually I'll grow to be someone that creates maximum change on the lateral. Yeah. So that's how much influence your Maxwell has on me. That's nice, that's nice. You've already, you've already said a lot about your businesses. Then now I want to ask uh, some questions. So definitely when you wanted to start or when you started your business, there are probably some habits that you had that you noticed that, okay, look, I started this business. I can't keep on doing these things, but it's going to be bad for me or it's going to be bad when it comes to productivity in your business. So. Were there any kind of habits that you were like, you know what, I'm dropping this because it's no longer going to be helpful for me as an entrepreneur? Yes, yes, definitely. There was. So, 2018, remember then, like, I decided I wanted to make my first million at age 18. I actually did, but not the way I would have loved to. I did true. Bet Niger, Sporty Bets, and the likes of that. So I, I think 2018 it was Bet Niger that was raining then. So then I, 1,000 era, I made 109,000. And normally people would remove the money and that. But me, I was thinking big, like, wow, 109,000, I can do more than that. So I was able to make like 2 million from it. But what I did not understand was it was robbing me of financial value. So at the time then i lost financial value money was not having as much value to me as i as it needed to have yes because the business i was the business i'm working I'm, i am operating on is a business of um, quantity basically people are making different sales of um, 10,000 15,000 and the likes of that so the financial value was not what it needed to be so it's I needed to um, get rid of the addiction of gambling moving forward in Bugana. And I think God he was able to help me with it. How were you able to deal with that addiction? Because I know that okay. a lot of people that are listening that have that. Okay. So first of all, our first the, the first step is to is to have the desire to get rid of the addiction. That's the first step. But that's not enough. And the truth is, I would say the only way I was able to get rid of the addiction was through God. Because I can remember then my mentor, Sean Daniel, he told me I need to go and see the chaplain. And 
I did not want to, but eventually I did. So when I went to see the chaplain, I explained to him, I explained to him, and it was like he gave me a book, Conquering Controlling Powers. So I love reading books, so I read the book in two days. And when I read the book, I understood, okay, wow, this is actually an addiction. I never knew it was an addiction until then. That's, that's why the saying of you will not know you are addicted is real. So when I read the book, Conquering Controlling Powers, then I said, stay praying about it. And I said, okay, because if you say you want to just stop it immediately, you, it's, well, maybe two or one out of ten people will be able to do that. So I started giving myself um, benchmarks, okay, I won't gamble in this, so in this time frame. I won't gamble this much in this time frame. And eventually, I realized I stopped gambling. Like, the, the thought of it left my mind. I was no longer interested in it. Like, when I realized that money got in fast, goes as fast as it comes, it, it basically it really went against my entrepreneurial mindset. So I really thank God he was able to help me come out of it. That's very yeah. nice. That's very nice. So you said the name of the book was Concrete Controlling Powers by Bishop David Oedipo. Alright, because I'm sure some people might want to also check out that book. So um last but not the least. Uh, oh, before that, maybe it's my second to the last question. Like, what I wanted to ask now was, what, what were some? You talked about the habits that you had that you had to drop. So, what the two questions I want to ask now is, what were the habits? You talked about the habits you had to drop. So, what were the habits that you had to build? And secondly, what were the mistakes that you made in business generally? Okay. Um. First of all, I had to build my leadership skills. I had to know how to manage people because um as entrepreneurs as ceos as uh, you you need to be able to manage the people you are working with you need to be able to lead them and there's this book i read of john maxwell 21 refutable laws of leadership at one point the um, leadership is influence and that's the truth basically leadership is just influence if you can influence people to believe what you are doing, if you can influence them to follow you, they would, they would respect you, really. Yes, so I, I had to build my leadership skill. Yes, um, I had to so build well, my... Okay. Yeah, that's it. Yes, that's it. Okay. So what about the mistakes that you made generally in business? Well, when I started Buga now, 2018. I knew little or nothing about business. At the same time, I was, I was um, power inclined, in the sense that I was, I wanted full control of the business. Basically, business is not like that. Business, if, if your business is really going to scale, if it's really going to be a brand that is world recognized, in that sense, there are a lot of people you will bring in. A lot of people are equipping your in your startup, a lot of people are going to have um, a say in your business, even though you might still have the overall say, but people have say in your business because it's not just your business, it's also their business. But then I don't understand that. Like I said, when I started Bugana, I started with a friend, um, GD. I got someone to tell me about that. So, GD was as 
I can see that I was as passionate as I was in Buga now. But as at then, I felt he was um, he was engaging in the power. He wanted the business and all of that. Well, that was how the whole section looked like. But eventually, I realized that the brand was actually more as mine as it was is because he also had the vision for it and we did not build the foundation of the brand so um going further into Bugan now into business i learned from my experiences and it's made me better in working with people yeah um you've actually said a lot of things and definitely anybody that is into any kind of business will definitely have learned a lot of lessons from you know every single thing that you said even though you've not you've not um spent a long time but yeah. with the few amount of years that you spent you've had a lot of experiences that some people might not have had or they're currently having yeah. and they don't know how to deal with and definitely they're listening to this particular podcast we're able to learn from it so for the people that are listening to me now that or listening to this particular episode and would want to maybe start a business or they're currently or they're currently uh running a business what would be the best advice that you give to them whether it's just whether it's one or more than one what kind of advices will you give to them moving forward um starting well i'll say just start but starting a business is not is not difficult there are three things important in starting a business first is execution how are you executing the brand? Second is timing, yes. And the third is the value system. Now, if we look at um, if we look at Facebook, yes, there was Alphabet before Facebook, right? There was Alphabet. Yes. But the timing Facebook came was the timing is needed to come in. Look at BlackBerry when BlackBerry came. Imagine BlackBerry now. Who would use BlackBerry? Nobody. A few people. The market would not sell at the way it sold when it sold then because blackberry was the prime of its time then using blackberry a big boy so timing is really important in business you need to evaluate the business you want to go into is the timing right how is my value system and how do i want to execute this yes because execution is really key like i said again facebook look at facebook execution the way they were able to execute it as um they executed facebook like a, a social gathering whereby different people, relatives, everybody from different places can meet up with each other and everything. That execution was what sold out. Basically, the idea you are thinking about, I'm telling you, there are 10 to hundreds of people that thought about that idea. So, don't be really particular about holding your ideas a gem. That's it. If you can't execute it right, if you can't time it well, and if your value system is not unique, it might not fly. Yes, so you need to watch out for those three things. Can you explain more on value system? Because I know you explained execution and timing, but can you explain more on value system? Okay. So, I really understand what my value system. Value, value is what is your business giving to the world that is unique? What is your business giving that is making it what it is? That Why should I buy from your business and not the um, other competitive markets? So... Um, you see your inter switch says something said if your business does not have a unique value system then it is not it is not not something that that looks like it wants to scale yes 
So basically, you just need to have a unique value system for your business. What will make people want to get your business instead of another brand? All right. All right. That's a very. I think that I think that that's that thing you said is very very important. The education, the timing, and the value system. I tried that value system. But I wanted to explain it better because I know there are a lot of people that are in the same business, especially people that are in businesses where it's almost very difficult to think of something very very unique. And I think I want I want to come in to explain this to people that. When you talk about unique value system, it doesn't necessarily mean that your product must be different, but maybe the way you deliver your product is different. Maybe the way you package your product is different. Maybe the way yes. you communicate your product is different. The customer service is different because let me use um, food, for instance. There is no other way you want to cook jello fries. What other way do you want to cook jello fries? Or let's yeah, want to add some other things inside. But there are a lot of people that sell food online today. There are a lot of people that do small jobs online today. But probably what helps them better is maybe their own the way they relate to their customers or their customer service in general or maybe the packaging of the products or maybe the kind of maybe the kind of plans or uh, discounts they give their customers so those kind of things are the things that would differentiate yes, you so yes. i feel so in any time but okay okay another example of our system is mcdonald's um All at right. the time when they wanted to start when they when they started they had a unique value system of um, um, 30 seconds, yes, 30 seconds wait time. So you you just place your order and you get it within 30 seconds. <laughs> imagine, imagine that kind of thing. So that value system, you know, normally when you go to restaurants, you place your order, it takes this amount of time frame, you have to make it, some of them you have to sit down or you wait for you yeah. to get your order. So within 30 seconds, your order was ready with them and the, they had a partner. They had someone that joined their team, Recock. Recock. McDonald's were two brothers, um, Dick and Mark. Yes, yeah, so Dick and Mark, Dick was the idea guy. Mark was the marketing guy. Basically, you see that they both had two different things that they were good at and to scale the business. So the business was really thriving well in their area. But Recock came and was able to franchise the business. He was able to franchise the business to different countries. And that's how McDonald's scaled. So basically, if Recog did not come in, McDonald's would not have scaled. Eventually, he took over McDonald's from them because the two brothers were not um, growth inclined. So that's the story for another day. But what I'm trying to say is the value system McDonald's had was really unique, and that was what made them scale at their time. Yeah, that is that's another thing. Like that value system, if you come down to even Nigeria here, there are a lot of people that do. Uh, uh, pizza, yeah. A lot yes. of people say that they like yeah. the bonnet or they like dominoes, but I me, mean, I always say that okay, look, whatever, whatever type you like, we all know that dominoes are taking over the full market. Why their own value system was distribution, they are available at almost everywhere, yeah, in Lagos, whether it's in the rural area or in the urban yeah. area, whatever area you are, you will see them because they know that when people hear pizza, some of them, people in the rural area do not really care. Which one is better? All they care about is a meeting pizza. I've not seen this before, and I'm eating something that is from, from America or something. So that's, that's how they look at it. So when they're buying it, they're not buying it to go and be testing other, or go and be tasting other pizzas out there. It's maybe mostly on the island that they might have plenty of competition. But when you go into all the other mainland areas, you come to satellite, you come to Festa, you come to Lupeju, you come to Ikeja, you see them everywhere. They distributed themselves well. 
So that was what helped them to stay very relevant, even though people have their own uh, opinions to the way that Peter is. So I think what he said is a big deal. I apparently know this guy even said it, um, uh, on his podcast about it too, yeah. on one of the episodes where he talked about building for value. And he said it there that you have to figure out uh, the thing that you can do that will make your business better, whether it's in your operation or your delivery or in your distribution. There has yeah. to be something that separates you from other people. Talk about McDonald's where they use 30 seconds. 30 seconds is a very, very big deal. And for you to beat that particular kind of value, that means you want to be faster. Maybe you want to be in 20 seconds. If you can beat that, then you see whether you can take over them. But another thing again was, I like to think that McDonald's, they've already taken over the majority of the market because they also did distribution. Distribution is a very, very big yes. deal. I think anybody that's listening to me, yeah, anybody that's listening to me should understand that distribution is a very, very big deal. Like once you can distribute your, your products to everywhere and you can make it accessible to the customers, you will surely grow. Because yes. at some point, they will, they will not have any other option than going to meet you because they're the only one there. So distribution is a very, very big deal. And that, and that thing so, I'm, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm listening to you. Businesses. Planning is really important. All right. Well, you just have to be You've not about the whole execution, the whole value system, the timing and everything. Then why are you going to that business? Okay, there's this um, story, uh, there's this podcast I, I listened to. Um, yes. Ford, yes, it was Ford story. So, yes, Alan Mulali, that's his name. He, okay. he was working bowling. I don't even know what this um, American airplanes. So he was a, yeah. he was a senior engineer, he was the CEO of the bowling airline. All of that. So, um, Ford, they, they, they reached out to him and all of that that they wanted him to come into their brand because as that's 2000, yes, Ford was, they were, um, they were facing, they were facing bankruptcy. So, he's in a comfortable business, right? There was no, there was no reason that makes sense that would make him to live where he was to go into Ford. But, he had the passion for, for cars. And also, he joined actually. So, when he joined, the first when he reached Ford Ford's headquarters, what he saw was none of the executive executive managers, none of the cars in the garage were Ford cars. That was the first thing he noticed. Everybody they were using different other cars. So basically the way they were able to scale from from surviving from from facing bankruptcy to scaling was through proper planning. What I heard they planned to the point of they were borrowing. I can't remember the exact amount of billions in dollars at that time, but they pitched to the bank, letting the bank know that okay, speculated time frame. We're still going to be making losses. We're going to make as much as more than half of the capital needed losses. But after then, we're going to be scaling. We're going to scale and scale and scale and make this maximum amount of profit. And they achieved it. Because you planned. So if you plan and you leave failure to lock, then you're ready for business. That's nice. That's very nice. 
So uh, my final question. So what is? Because I know that now you are done with school. So what is next for Bugana? Okay. Or what is next for you as a person? Okay. So um, basically, when I was in school, I was really waiting for. Wow! I can't wait for when I'll be done with school. I can't wait to start this. I can't wait to do that. The truth is, I have a lot of ideas. I have a lot of growth. Um, innovative growth ideas for Bugana and Buga Foods. But timing is really important, like I said. And what I've realized is this um, time frame I have now is still to build the brand. It's to, it's to improve the quality of the brand as it is now and improve my entrepreneurial leadership quality as well. And once the time comes, I'm going to work on these innovative ideas to scale. That's nice. But you keep talking about timing, and I just thought about a question. I want to know, like, when someone has an idea, how can the person, like, give us an example or give us, like, just to help me understand how I can know when the timing is right for someone. Okay. So the answer, first answer I'll just say is pray about it. <laughs> okay. Because it's... There is this best friend everybody have that most people don't know, the Holy Spirit. That's a cheat code. Basically. I think Matthew said, okay, so 2020 um lockdown. When I started when I wanted, I knew I wanted to get closer to God. The this scripture that came to my head, Matthew 633, seek the first kingdom of God and every other thing will be added unto you. Yeah, so when I say following in line with God's word, I was able to understand that I have this Holy Spirit that can make things easy for me. There are some people that are operating business of millions without even having to go through um, serious business experiences because they have the guide of the Holy Spirit. So basically, if you can pray about it and get um, influence of the Holy Spirit, basically you will know when it's the right time. It's as easy as that. That's nice. That's nice. Well, uh, okay. All right. So, like, I wanted to I'm about to wrap up because I think it's almost an hour, and I'm not sure the audience wants to listen to an episode that's more than an hour today. So, um, I'm very grateful for you joining us on this particular episode to really uh, give us like your different experiences that you've had when it comes to you building Bugana um, and also the other subsidiaries that is built and also I'm very very sure that majority of the things or every single thing that you said on this particular episode has added value in some way or the other to anyone that is listening to me I'm very sure there is somebody listening to me that has gotten something that they can use in their own business or they can use on their own personal lives as a human so i'm very very grateful for you accepting this invitation and joining us on this podcast to share your journey with us and we hope to have you back here again possibly when your business has grown bigger and yeah um, you've had more experiences that you can still come back again to share from this particular point where you are but i'm very grateful for you joining us on this particular episode Forward to our next podcast. All right.
Thank you, bro.